1: Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Conn. I'm delighted to be joined by Record Sports, Gordon Parks, and Michael Gannon. Guys, if it's not too late to say, Happy New Year! Happy, Happy New Year, Year. Daniel. Did you Have a good time. I did indeed. I did. How about, how about yourselves? Good. Good. Thank you. Happy New Year, chaps. I don't, I don't
0: know, you boys. It's day. but like day four? I'm starving. Equal on my skin. It's <laughs> well, definitely skin, But the Fat Club is underway, and it's. Uh, well, it's going, this is going to be the hardest one yet, I think. <laughs> well, pledge yet, Mick? What's this? You
1: signed the pledge. Yes, as with heavy, heavy gains this year. Good. The the, uh, the best place for us, I think, to start is the first derby of the new year, uh, Ibrook's, uh On it was on Monday. We're obviously recording now on Wednesday. Um, wasn't the prettiest performance, Mick? But at the end of the day, Celtic come away still nine points clear.
0: Yeah, so maybe the old the old cliche isn't it? The, the mark of champions to, to get results when they're not playing their, playing their best. It was um, it was a kind of strange kind of game, wasn't it? Really, I mean, Celtic started really well, and if you the first twenty five minutes, do you think Celtic were actually coaster It I mean, um, really in control, knocking it about. Dominic, I, mean, I think they had about seventy five percent possession that first twenty five minutes. Um, the Ibrox crowd were starting to get a bit a bit narky, uh, a bit frustrated. At that point, it looked as though Celtic going to yourself, we're kick on and, and win the game very comfortably. Um, but then it changed slightly. I think that wee moment when, when Joe Hart got himself a bit of a knot, made a great save to redeem himself right enough. But that, it kind of gave the, the home crowd a bit of a lift and, a, um, and it got Rangers back out of the game a wee bit. Um, it wasn't a, a, a technically very good game, was it? I mean, it was a bit scrappy at times. Both teams were giving the, giving the ball away a lot in the middle of the park. Um, second half, Rangers came out, as they thought you might have to, they might have to, through the kitchen sink at Celtic, got the goals. There was controversy in certain moments, but Celtic kept going. And when they start making changes, when they start bringing on the likes of Jota, Abada, Jackie Marcus, they've got so much threat on the pitch, those guys, that it's almost inevitable there's going to create some kind of chances. And sure enough, one one dropped to, to Kyogo and he, and he finished it. And it was a, a good point for Celtic in the circumstances, having not played that great, dug it out. And it's a point that's probably. Given them that cushion now, that they, they can be really confident they're kicking on to win the league. They're in a real, real strong position now.
1: I thought it was surprising, Gordon, when the team came out and and Johnston was thrown in from the start to make his debut, but I, I thought he did really well.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it speaks volumes of how quickly he's adapted and settled. I think he must have shown in training that he's uh, he's hitting the ground running. Uh, listen, competent, safe, composed, good athlete. I think when you've got all those attributes and you're putting... Summed into a game that said the mental composure to go and play in a World Cup and do well. I think playing at Ibrox and that. Juranovic came in, funny enough, made his debut at Ibrox, I remember. Um, that was his first out. Kind of similar, you know, he, he, he looked as if he'll be uh, an asset. And uh, I think when you get the confidence from your manager to go into that kind of game and that kind of it <laughs> speaks volumes for how highly he is regarded.
1: And you mentioned Juranovic there, Gordon. He obviously came on for the injured Greg Taylor. Um, I thought, to be honest, like he had a pretty ropey game. If any of the supposed scouts were watching, they wouldn't have been too impressed. But then again, he was at left-back.
0: Yeah, he's put there a lot, right enough. I mean, it's, it's not as if he's not, uh, he's not used to that role. He put there a lot last season. Um, when he first arrived, actually, put left-back quite often. Um, yeah, he didn't, have, he didn't have a great day, did he? Um, listen, there might be reasons for that in the, in the background. I think he was talking about him a wee knock and training, maybe having a bug passing around, and, he, and he's kind of thrown into the environment uh, at left back when the games kind of starting to turn a wee bit. Uh, and he had a he an off day. It wasn't it wasn't at his best. It um, was a bit sluggish. Um, and he kind of caught a few times, um, positionally a, little, a bit wayward. Um, another thing I thought I, I agree. I think Johnson played pretty well. I think he looked a bit nervy at the start, but understandably. Um, but as the game wore on, I thought he get stronger. He's clearly he's I mean he's he's a, a bit of a tank isn't he he's a, he's a real strong kind of physical player Um he's got some engine on him he had a, he had a, a run back in the second half when, when engines were hitting the break he ran about 70 yards and turned on the afterburners he's also about a pace as well mm-hmm. he mopped up the danger and he used his strength pretty well Um i think he looks like he'll, he'll do the job Um obviously there's a lot of talk about your and his future Um i'm not sure i understand the the kind of the kind of clamour to sell him at this point in time. I think he's a, a, good, a good player on a top asset. I know he's a bad game, a poor game the other day, but I, I think even in the short term, keeping him would be, would be pretty handy. Uh, it depends on what bids come in. Obviously, if a big bid comes in, then they've got to take it. But I uh, don't think you get to a stage as a player when you
2: obviously get people working behind the scenes. There's been so much noise about Duranowicz leaving for so long. He goes to the World Cup in his own mind. His psyche as he's gone. He's now... The names are getting branded about to take him. Clearly, turn your head. There's no way that that doesn't have an impact on you, and especially when you've kind of taken one foot away from the club the way he has.
0: Yeah, listen. It, I think he's a player. He's 27 years old. He's never really made top dollar in his career, and he now he's maybe hearing from his his advisors that there's a chance to make some some right good money. And I'm talking, i mean good money at Celtic, but. I mean, like proper um, superstar money. Let me look at the money some bill doing in England. Maybe three or four times, which on on at Parkhead at least. Um, so, I, 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 everybody would be head turned by that kind of talk. I mean, I, I, I can understand why that maybe have a have an influence.
2: The reason all- say that, Mick, is he looked disengaged. There was moments in the game where his decision making wasn't. It was as if he was muddled. He clearly. It was, listen, it's not a question of ability. It was something yeah. else. And something else could be as his mind.
0: Maybe, maybe. But I think that also goes for the manager as well. I think I get the impression with the manager that, that if you show any signs of, of not being fully 100% focused on being at the club, I think you can have almost become part of, what is he called it back in the day, the bomb squad. Hmm. I think he's um, you're in danger of getting kind of put, um, cast aside. He only wants guys that are going to be 100% committed. And if he thinks that he's maybe not getting that, or won't get that, then they might not play him yeah. uh, from the start. Then, then So he's maybe that mentality that, well, I'm I'm kind of cast aside here. He's picked a new guy right back. And then all of a sudden, he's pitched into a game at left back out of 25 minutes. So maybe maybe he wasn't quite mentally attuned for the game. I think
2: um, you pay the price when you're an import-export club as quickly as Celtic tried to be now. And I think Juranovic is a classic example of you bring players in, you elevate their value, you move them on for money, you've got another player brought in, yeah, it, it, it almost seems to be as if it's it, it,
0: it, yeah, but we're not we're not we're not dealing here in in I don't know in DVD players. I mean, we're talking about human beings who who do have thoughts, emotions, feelings, not as well. So it's not as simple as just get and do the job, get sold on you. You've you got a family to move and all that stuff, and your your you your career. It's not just as simple as just as that as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's,
2: sometimes it's, you've got to slow down the conveyor belt if you know what I mean, you've already brought...
0: You're talking about football players that have a, built in a Hoover factory and just churned it, do you know what I mean?
2: Well, what I'm that's saying
0: what is... It's a state of all, is that? Celtic have already got,
2: Gerrano, that he sold out the door with the fact they've already brought in a recruitment, a guy that's played in the World yeah, but they, also, they also
0: haven't had any concrete bids for him yet. Well, true, that's what I'm saying. They can go. Well, a... He's still a Celtic player. He's still a Celtic player until, until a bid comes in that that, 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 that meets the valuation that Celtic have on him. He should be... Uh, Celtic, it seems a Celtic player um he's not he's not half at the door yet so he clearly are, because you've already got the the, the,
2: the guy who's replacing him be, that's but what he must he be thinking right, he must I think, be. so
0: Celtic have already kind of subconsciously emptied them. yeah that's what I'm saying so if you're that player and you're, your replacement's across the pitch from you then it's, it's maybe harder to get yourself tuned
1: in for that kind of environment it's not it's not been a massive talking point but just on the, the fullback situation uh, I was a wee bit surprised to see uh Burnaby overlooked when Taylor come off and if you are Burnaby, you must be sitting thinking, what do I need to do to get a chance in a big game like that? Is that fair? He's a young lad with a lot of potential, isn't he? Um, and it, was
0: a, it was a high pressure environment maybe he just felt that 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 someone with the experience of Juranovic taking a of things at that point in time would have been a sensible option um, I take the point though because he's a, a natural left back and he's He's always looked half decent, I think. Um, Burnley Bay as well when he's played. Um, it just made me a slightly cautious move for the manager. Yeah, I think he's uh, looked really good as well. That's, that's why I was surprised. Yeah, everything I watched him play, he's got
2: all the attributes to be again import export, come in, do well, move him on quickly. He's, uh, I, I thought, I was really surprised because no matter what, if you're orthodox left back and you're the option, you, surely you go with that.
1: So
0: oh, yeah. what, what, a... I say, what I would say in that circumstance was that, that losing Greg Taylor was a major, major blow for Celtic mm-hmm. because Greg Taylor has been absolutely superb this season yeah. and started the game at Irox really, really well. I mean, I mean, Dyson Maida was getting a lot of service and mostly coming down from, from Greg Taylor. When Greg Taylor goes off, that, that supply line dried up to Maida and Maida's impact was reduced. I mean, that first 20 minutes, Maida really had um, James Teverney on toast. But by losing Taylor, that, that that line of, of attack seemed to dry up and it caused a it caused a major problem. So it knocked the balance of the team and it definitely reduced that the impact on that flank.
1: What, what um I mean Greg Taylor actually on that I know it's early days, but arguably played of the year so far for Celtic and you know hopefully he's not out for too long. Um but just on Dyson Made as well, I'm so happy, Gordon, to see him, you know, in such top form after the World Cup because I, I definitely think before the World Cup. Fans were getting on his back a little bit. You could see his head was going down, and you know the goal the, week, the goal against Rangers on Monday. I'm just delighted to see him doing so well. Do you know his testament to what you
2: put into a game, you get out of it. He's very one dimensional in the fact that his games based on incredible work rate. I mean, phenomenal ability to shuttle about the pitch. Not only in the, fi- the final third, but he's back. He's pressing from deep. He's got a ferocious appetite to get on on the ball. I, listen, I was flabbergasted that he actually <laughs> getting the nod ahead of Kyogo to go to the World Cup. But I think he justified his selection by playing in a team where the system is all about his effort, endeavour. His touch isn't the worst, but he's testament to anybody that wants to make an, a name in the game. The industry will get you to a level beyond because he's not technically a fantastic player. But my goodness, what he puts of the game, he gets out of it.
1: I guess if he was technically all there, Nick, you know the, the the full package, he probably wouldn't be at Celtic. Well, I've said that before.
0: Um, that if 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 Dyson Mader had the, the the finishing ability of a going, a Highland, then it would, it'd be worth going hundred million quid. <laughs> he's got that. He's got. I mean, his engine appetite and his work rate and he's. I mean, he's an effective player because he is. I mean, as parts he said, he's, he's maybe not the most technical guy in the world. Um, he's not going to do a, a double step over and skin a guy and, and crowd turns and all that stuff um, but he's, he's pace and he's he's direct running and um, unless he can't he can't finish I mean he has scored goals he, he misses a few a few crackers are they already enough um, but you can't fault him because if he had if he had a kind of Aguero type just um, instinct in the box certainly would
1: have him, mm-hmm. you know, hold him. and I, I think just to kind of round up talking about the actual Celtic um, performance itself I thought when the teams came out as well, the difference between the two benches spoke volumes. I mean, we saw Jota come on uh, and make a big I thought he made a big difference for the equaliser. You know, his perseverance down the left definitely led to it. Marcus as well. That mm, must be really heartening for um, for Postecoglou going forward.
2: Yeah, I don't think we can disguise the fact that a draw eyebrows. Um I think you've got to really still scrutinise the squads and understand that. Is there any Rangers player get in that Celtic team? And I would suggest no. There's nobody. I think Celtic are on a quality level which is far, far ahead of what Rangers are trying to be at the moment. And I don't think Rangers are anywhere close to being there. I think it's a forlorn chase for them. And I think they had to win that game, they didn't. It's another example of uh, the big games, the big moments, not being able to deliver. And I think... Uh, I just get so many weapons, and I think we'll see that now in the months ahead. We'll just pull further and further
1: ahead. And see, Mick, see, just on Jackamakis. This is just a personal thing, but I certainly feel like there's been a little bit of a reluctance to use him since the game's, you know, since the football's resumed. He came on with 15 minutes to go, and I thought he made a difference. I think, I know will got the equaliser, and look, I love Keogh, a brilliant player. I think the game on Monday would have been more suited to Jackamakis, though.
0: Uh, yeah, I tend to agree. He's, he's played, well, played well. I mean, the game at Ivox last season, he was he was terrific, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He the one uh, victory at Ibooks, um in February last year. Um, yeah, but again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier on about players. If, if, the, if the manager doesn't think there's a, a full 100% focus on and commitment on, on being at the club, then he, he seems to be a bit more reluctant to, to, to kind of uh, rely on these guys. I don't think... I, as a, a bit of me thinks there's a bit of kind of... Cutting the nose to spite the face with, with Jackie Marcus. Um he might not get the game And Kyogo is as Posticovolo's number one guy up front. That's clear. So therefore, Jackie Max has got a problem. He's not going to be the main man every single week. Um if he can't accept that role, then that's fair enough. Again, like like um Uranovic, he's maybe not earned top dollar all his career, and he's getting to a, a slightly older age. Um, he thinks he can play and make some more money somewhere, then, then that's understandable too. Um, I just think it's a bit of a waste. I think Jackie Marcus is a good player, he's very effective. I think the way he's had to play when he's in the team is pretty good as well. He's bought, when, they, when they get winger's hitting the byline, he's, he's terrific in that box, watching onto it. As is Kyogo, by the way, who's scored a of the goals this year. Um, it's a situation that's it's a tricky one to, to, to manage. Uh, I'm not sure. If it's wise to, to uh, chuck at the baby with the bathwater with him, I think he's a player worth keeping. But it's up to him, I maybe mean, he's not happy to play second fiddle. There's not a lot he can do because he can't guarantee him game time. Um, Max, import, export, Celtic already
2: a month before the transfer window opens in January, the, there was almost like a, a resignation that he was leaving. Again, that's kind of a. Uh, kind of,
0: yeah, I not talking about his, con- he's not happy with his contract and all that stuff. That's the guy that finished
2: top scorer last season for Celtic. Don't you find it surprising that there's a kind of acceptance, Juranovic, Jamakis. even a month before the transfer window opens, it's already this kind of narrative that they're leaving and it's almost like, wait until the window opens and then they're gone. Import-export is too quick.
0: It surprises me, especially guys, two guys that were a big part in the the, the title success last year and and two big players. I I wouldn't be a hurry to chase them at the door unless there was serious money on the table. But this uh, is coming
2: from within the club, right? This has been sanctioned, this kind of... Uh... Well,
0: the, manager, the manager said it himself that he, he wants to have a... I think he said the phrase, don't get too attached to your heroes. So he he is preparing for a very quick turnaround of players. He wants to escalate the, the level of quality in the team. And if he thinks he can get a better player out if he can get these two moved on and get better players in, then fair enough. Um, people will be happy with that. I just think, I think that might be a bit of a gamble. I mean, some of the Jackie Marcus guarantee, he guarantees goals and he's, he's been over the course of celtic last year yeah i think you don't know what you're going to get with his replacement um it seems but like it's not is overly expensive it's he's, economic he's, it's a strange one for me but it's economics it's within the football club it's a kind of directive it's almost almost well, not, not, i mean if Jackie jacques wants more money he thinks he's what he thinks he deserves more money and the, the club may be thinking well maybe maybe we'll see, see what happens and he thinks, well, I'll go somewhere else. And there's not a lot he can do with that. It's just more the case of getting the best out while he's still here. Um, but I just think maybe he's worth keeping around. I agree. Um, but listen, you got. To, fans need to trust the manager, I guess, on these things because he's he's showed he's a great eye for a player. He's not had many failures in the market. So if he thinks he can get a place, Jackie Marcus, with someone else who's better,
1: then then you have to let him charge on with that I thought. Mm, absolutely. Um... We have to talk about guys, inevitably, the one at the big talking point from the game, which is the the Conor Golden handball. Um I, 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 Personally, I'm just kind of at a loss as to why a penalty wasn't given. But did either of you guys see it any differently?
2: Yeah, I'm the last guy to go down this conspiracy theory route. But I have <laughs> to say that I've been at games this, this season, inexplicable decisions that are even given a second look. I've gone against Celtic, the Time Castle, Dundee United... The Ross County one at home. I look at these things and think, how can somebody watching the same incident as I'm watching come to a completely different verdict? Inexplicable that that wasn't a penalty kick. All it does is fuel the element within the Celtic support and further afield that believe that there is decisions getting made that are a bit iffy. Now, I have to say, other people have made stronger references to that decision. If you isolate the Connor Goldson one, how that wasn't referred to via somebody... How John Beaton didn't go and look at that again, it mystifies me. Mm-hmm. It's a flaw. Well,
0: the, the reason why... The reason why didn't, didn't, it's a flaw
2: in the individual that's looking at it on the monitor, and it's a flaw within VAR that if there's any debate, he go and look at it. It's a Stonewall penalty kick.
0: Well, that's that's the, the argument the officials will have, and the reason they'll give is this, that on the day, John Beaton saw the incident and did not deem it to be a penalty kick. In the background, Willie they call him in the VAR, uh, bunker, has also looked at it and agreed that it's not a penalty kick. So at that point, he doesn't think there's been a clear and obvious error to be redeemed. Therefore, there's no need for John Beaton to go and look at the monitor. That's the reason why it wasn't done. Because Willycom didn't think there was a case to be answered for a penalty kick. So therefore, there's no, there doesn't, he doesn't request Beaton to go and have a look at it. Um, for me, I'm not entirely sure how they can be so sure with that. I know... Listen, there's there's a, I mean we've seen the iFab rules getting quoted and and that's the that's the kind of that's the reason that will be given that, that there's a reflex action from Golson. There's a, it was pinged up from very close range, his hands are up in a reflex instant to try and to block his to protect his face. Watching it over and over again, it's turned into this. You no, know, that, that thing went viral with the dress it was gold or it was blue or green or something like that. <laughs> you look at it ten different ways and, and think different different things. There's a way you look at it, you think, well, his hands are actually pushing away from his face. If you're protecting your face, would you not cover them towards your face? I don't know. You don't. It's subjective, and it's completely down to. You watch it It's almost pushed it over the over the
2: bar. I watched. I, right. I, I, I watched the World Cup as you did, and I'm watching games now. Week in week out. Well, defenders that don't even have a clue where the ball is if it
0: hits their hands. It's a penalty kick. Hey, the question. The question I would have, if that had been given as a penalty kick, would there have been complaints? Yeah, there would have been complaints. But would it be understood? That some people go well. Fair enough. I think yes. If it's been, uh, I think we've seen penalty kicks given that you go. That's a of a strange one, but I can see why. And there's always, listen, the rule books are, are is so open to interpretation with handball that you can use any wording word you want to justify any decision. Do you know what I mean they can? I mean the the be one against United. They say, well, he's making his body bigger. And he's right in front of the goals. And he's made the boy's body bigger. I May, mean, albeit the fact the boy tried to, to, to twist the to head of the ball and his arm flew up in the air behind him. He had no idea what the ball was hitting there. But there is a rule book that says, well, it's a of the goals, it can stop the goals, for opportunity, it's apparently The rule book can be twisted to fit any narrative, really, you want. And, and likewise, this decision, I can see why the officials didn't give it. I can understand why people would say, why is it not apparently?" penalty? We've seen this kind of thing given all over the world, all, all season. disappointing so, thing is, you could have put
2: your watch on, your kettle on for this, for a moment, of
0: yeah. like think, that, you, yeah. he didn't. I mean, John Beaton didn't check the, the monitor because there wasn't any need to check it because of the way, as I said, I said to you, that, that Willie Colm said, No, you got it right, no clear and obvious error, got him in the game, right? So that's why that takes that out of the equation. However, I just think for because the cause incident was, I think, more ambigu- ambiguous than that. I think it might have been wiser for Willie to say, You know what? I don't think it's a penalty kick. You didn't give a penalty kick, but it's a bit of a contentious one. Why don't you come and have another peek at it and have a look? And even if that's not really how VARs meant to work, which I understand, it might have been aesthetically better in terms of the decision if the, the man making the final call had another wee look to say, no, no, I'm right, I'm sticking with it. And I know that's not how VARs meant to work. It's only meant to return clear and obvious errors. But that was one of those ones that was so weirdly contentious that uh, it might have been another look might have been handy. Um but as I say, that's not the rules for Var. As soon as, as, soon it's as, as of my love for the game, I'll be honest. If he's given the, hard hard the hard penalty hard. kick and Willie Gollum says no it's not a penalty, then he goes over to look at it. But by agreeing with that decision, by two officials agree with it, therefore there's no need to look at the monitor, therefore you move on. Here's, a problem, Garma, here's a problem with Var.
2: We'll be having this conversation in the pub after the game without Var, right? He hasn't given the penalty, we'll be debating it. But we've now got a system where it should be foolproof. You would be able to see it. You should be able to make a decision by watching it again and again and again, which I hate, and you
0: should come to the right decision. It tells well, you the that's what happened. And well, well of watched it again and again and again and thought, no, you've got it right. Bang on. Game on. Play on. The whole system was brought in to eradicate these debates, but we're now having more and more of them. It's
2: it's hold on. Hold on. It absolutely is inexplicable to me that there's more conspiracy theories now within Celtic about refereeing decisions with VAR
0: than before we had it. But listen, VAR doesn't change the fact that a lot of the rules in football are subjective and down to interpretation. And so if it's not as if the offside calls are are, are black and white, you can draw the line. But things like the handballs and and, and, and all that kind of stuff, it's still down to a man's opinion and interpretation of the rules. So Willie Collin and John Beaton interpreted the rules that it was a reflex action to protect his face, therefore not a penalty kick. And they both agreed, therefore that's the decision they came to between the two of them. And people might not like that, they might not understand it. And I I think it's the the problem I've got is the consistency, because like we say, a lot of these handballs, not just in Scotland, by the way, it's happened everywhere in England and across the world and the World Cup. A lot of these handball decisions, you go, well, I mean, come on! He can't have meant that. That was just to protect himself. And they are given. Um, you seen the one in, in Europe the Celtic with Matt, Matt Riley against Real Madrid. Most banged at his chest and it's hit his hands. Um, and you think well, that, that's not much you can do about that. But that, okay. that was a penalty. Was, t- see that's a new that?
2: Oh, right. He, see that? <laughs> he was just protecting himself. That's a new one on me. I've never heard that before. No, no problem, because he was a reflex action to protect
0: himself. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever heard that in my life. What I'll say is, what they say is that it's a reflex action to protect his face, and his hands are still within his own body shape, which means that if his hands are inside his own silhouette or such, and it's in front of his face or it's not, then it, it can be not. I, seem, I, listen to this <laughs> um, but
2: anyway, I'm, still still
0: you, it, I'm just it, telling it, you the rules. That's the rules. Nonsense. And it comes down to interpretation.
1: Yeah. I just thought it was, I thought, you know, like you say, mate. Just consistency, I think fans want, and the fact that, as you say, it wasn't even referred for a look. It's just I'm just it can't, it can't. be referred for a look. I get what you mean because it's not. it Would only be
0: referred for a look if they gave the penalty
1: kick because no. is thinks it's not
0: a penalty kick. No, so it's there to, to to stop clear and present, clear and obvious errors.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, then, Mike, and you, you were a goalkeeper. From, you were a goalkeeper, and I've seen you making better
0: saves, right? <laughs> I'd have held, held up. <laughs> My
1: goal to Niela did. The other, the other uh, talking point I've seen a lot of Celtic fans in, on social media discussing was the fact that um, Rangers' penalty. Shouldn't have been a penalty. A lot of fans saying that Sakala landed on Starfelt and Starfelt slid slid next to him. I'm not really buying that one. I think it was, it was a penalty, regardless of... I know Sakala made contact first, but... Starfelt doesn't get the ball. He pulls his leg oh. away.
0: Regardless, even even if, if a star, even if um, Sakala didn't stand on Starfield's ankle, did that motion of him sliding in impede the, the player? Yeah, did mm. penalty, oh, right. penalty kick. If you if you're a defender and you slide in like that and don't get the ball, it's a penalty kick for stupidity. So you're, you're done. You're banned to rights. It's a penalty <laughs> kick.
2: I, I, you can't use. You can't, you're rewriting the. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> if I had a real book written myself, I'd say he's been stupid. It, it's it
2: hello, That was the problem.
0: inside the ball. Wasn't, I also think that penalty kicks should be awarded for guys who look guilty, because <laughs> it, you can always tell. You can always tell when a defender's giving a penalty kick away because they look guilty. They can't help it. They can't it's like the, the cookie jar. The hand in the cookie jar look. As soon as you see that look, it's a penalty kick. Summed up. You have rule that says it's a penalty because it looked like one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just as well this is
2: audio because people don't realise the glasses that you're actually wearing look so thick. <laughs> this is making them look
1: smart for a change. Uh, the, I mean, the upshot of the of the result, guys, as we mentioned, obviously Celtic remain nine points clear, and look, even the most ardent Rangers fan would would think there's very little chance of a comeback, Gordon, in in the title race.
2: I know, I've been saying for months this is not a good Rangers team. This is a, a Rangers team which needs so much surgery. It needs a complete revamp, not just with the personnel, but with the whole. The whole atmosphere around the place, and I have to say that Celtic taking that point, even if they'd lost the game, I would still be saying the same thing. Rangers have got so much catching up to do, so much recruitment. They've they've, they've brought in so many average players and they'll have to get a few of them out. Celtic will strengthen. uh, They have a standard which Rangers can't match and a consistency which is phenomenal. And I think, again, it will be a procession and... I don't see anything other than that. I don't even see... Um, I think the ground that Rangers have got to make up is a bit of a myth because Celtic will just stretch their legs further and further.
1: I would have thought, Mick, it would be one of the biggest collapses in modern football if Celtic didn't win the Premiership from here.
0: Yeah, you're looking at... It's nine points with another, with another 20 goals or something like that, so it's ten points in effect. Mm-hmm. So you know, Celtic drop points you need think like three defeats in a draw or drop points in four or five games. Uh, they haven't done that in eighteen months, so just uh, have to be flawless, and that run as well. So uh, it does look insurmountable, but listen, think it's a, there's still eighteen games to go, mm-hmm. um, and in footballs, uh, who knows, weird things can happen. But I think they have got one hand in the title now. And that that result um, on Monday is a, it was a huge one in terms of the context of the season. a six point deficit, eighteen to go keeps it interesting. But, um, but
2: the bottom line is this is not a Rangers team that's steaming along at like a train behind them. This is a Rangers team that's trying to galvanise himself and
0: make a fist of it. No yeah, idea. I think I think I think um, Bale knows that himself as well, and he's he's, he's actually quite quite an odd situation because he can he can spend the rest of the season just chipping away, um, and then look to look to the summer. Because um, there are big there are big big changes needed at Rangers. That, that, that squad needs freshened up. Um, so uh, yeah, I think so. I, I just I can't I can't see Celtic losing three, four, five games and then just not dropping points either. Um, I think they're both they're both well drop points, but not enough for it to, uh, to go right to the wire. Yeah.
1: Uh, before we wrap up to these guys, obviously the the January transfer window is now upon us, and it looks like before it even opens, Celtic have, have completed most of their their business. Um, Iwata the reigning J League player of the year it was the latest recruitment. I mean, he's supposed to be a really good player, but it almost feels kind of too easy in <laughs> the way Celtic are just dipping into this Asian market for pennies and picking yeah, up really good
0: plants. It's almost I mean Celtic usually go right to the last user days of windows. Usually it's quite quite dramatic, but it's been all very much planned in advance. I think I think the manager spoke about it's it's slightly easier to get that market in advance because this season's finished and guys want to get set up for the for the um, the new campaigns they're, they're, they're the Asian leagues are finishing in kind of November don't they um so yeah so Celtic are, are in decent shape I think I think more now is maybe eyes on departures maybe I mean it's got a lot of players I mean I don't know how you keep all these guys happy um mm-hmm. so got an awful lot of players I my mean, wife like to come in as well it doesn't sound like one for, he says it like one for the, for this now rather than one for the future mm-hmm. um but where do you where do you play all these players I mean my well, guys like about the guard I think he'll be going um either into uh, somewhere in January or, or back to to Russia, or whatever. But I've um, uh, got a lot. Of, have got a lot of players, so I think maybe maybe some going the other direction. Um, but just as you, may, you touched on it as well the bench I means that bench. Uh, I look if you're if you're, if you're in a tight game and it's depending on get like a jota and all that stuff. I said it must be demoralising. Um, so now it's now it's a case of just managing the squad and trying to get them all happy, which yeah. is not always that easy.
1: And next up for Celtic, Gordon, it's uh, Kilmarnock at home this Saturday and then the League Cup semi-final against Kelly the following Saturday. So, you know, three of the next five home games are home. Sorry, three of the next five games are at home for Celtic. Really, I don't know. They couldn't really be in a stronger position.
2: No. Elementary for Celtic, it's also routine. It's, um, again, it's golfing quality again. I don't think it's a great league. I think the fact you've got Hart sitting in third, Hibs, who have won two games out of 11, are sitting in eighth. I mean, you're looking at the league and you're thinking to yourself, your Kilmarnock's and D United's, Where's, where are they going to chip the points away? Where are the Rangers going to get this kind of hope? Uh, and I think you'll find in the next few weeks Celtic dismantle Kilmarnock twice. You'll see the reason why the champions elect again. And as you mentioned, the word that's all too easy. It is. Sadly, As We need a more competitive league. I don't think the competitions will come from Rangers for a while. And I just think we've got another possession.
0: It, this could be a real period when they could really put a foot down. I think the Celtic really need to think. I mean, there, there can't be any complacency. There can't be any kind of um, feeling that the, the title's done. But it could be in the next few weeks because you look at the, the run of fixtures I've got. Camarock at home, Commander in the Cup, St. Myrne at home, Morton at home in the, in the Scottish Cup, away to Tandy's, home to Livingston, away to St Johnson, and it's Aberdeen at Parkhead. But that's that takes you into February. These next kind of six games could really put Celtic in a final and in a really dominant position in the league. Uh, it really is an opportunity for Celtic now, the way that the way the kind of fixers have, have landed now. They've come through some tricky games, they've been to Petodrey. Um they've, they've, they've won obviously late on. It's just it just looks like a, a, a right good run of fixtures for Celtic to go and put the foot down now. Um and if they can reel off five, six wins. I mean listen, they've won what is it, the, the, the twelve wins in a draw in a row. If they can get four or five, six wins in a row again. I think they're, they're, that's it. They're pretty much in touch and distance of of, of claiming the title again.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, guys, it's been a pleasure, as as it always is talking to you this afternoon. But I think that brings to the end of today's Record Celtic podcast. You can keep up to date with all of the latest Celtic news uh, on Record Sport online, and we're also on Twitter and Facebook as well. Gordon, Mike, thanks very much. Final no pleasure. Oh, you I get my son fast, Jake. <laughs> and to everyone listening, we'll be back next week. Cheers.